Welcome to the Top Secret Wedding Podcast. And today's top secret tip is... Make sure that you do a consultation with any prospective clients beforehand so you can make sure you're going to be a compatible team. Want to learn the ins and outs of being a wedding planner? Listen to this episode. Let's go. This is the Top Secret Wedding Podcast, where we share top secret tips to help you take your wedding game to the next level. I'm Annika, and I'm a wedding coordinator, enthusiast, and venue manager for one of the best venues in Idaho. I'm Chris, and I'm a DJ, master of ceremonies, and all-around lover of weddings. We're on a mission to improve weddings and wedding professionals everywhere. Today, we have a special guest. We have my good friend, Sierra. Uh, she is She owned Little Bird Boise. And she is a fantastic wedding planner who is like the holy grail of <laughs> they're like everybody wants like the wedding to be the wedding planner's friend, right? Um, because they are like we have all the control. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so um, so we're excited to talk to you, Sierra. Thank you so much for being on here today. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let, let's just jump into it. So you're based in Boise, right? Correct. And what is your, what is your travel area? So I will service, um, typically Sun Valley, McCall, uh, Boise, and then I also am willing to travel to California. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where you're from originally, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime I get to do an event, um, back in my home state, I'm, I'm all in it's like, Ooh, another chance to visit home. Of course. What part of California? I'm from Northern California, Northern. Um, cool. the Redding area specifically. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So tell us your journey about how you came to be a planner. Yeah. So um, when I was still living in California, I was living in Santa Barbara. So kind of more central Southern California. Um, I was working for this private investment firm. And I was like the right-hand gal to the owner of the company. And so I did a bunch of stuff for the company, but I also managed his personal life. And one of the things that was part of my job was to plan these like really lavish corporate parties um, where we had like pretty generous budgets. And yeah, I just, we had a handful of them each year and it was my job to come up with ideas for them and, and plan the whole thing. And so that's kind of how I got into event planning. And then when I got married, I did my own wedding and my boss came to my wedding and he's an older gentleman. And he was, you know, he'd been with this woman for a long time and it was, you know, a second relationship for him. And they decided to get married. And he said, your wedding was so fantastic. And I know you're really skilled at event planning. Would you be willing to do our wedding? Which was, right. you know, a huge honor. And I was super excited. I got to do it at their beautiful, like oceanfront estate. And then after that, I did his son's wedding. Um, then someone else in the office had a relative who was getting married and it just kind of snowballed. <laughs> and then before I knew it, I was doing weddings. So um, that's kind of how I got my start. And that that was back in 
2007 when I started doing the corporate events and then 2012 when I started doing weddings. So well, I love that because you have the perspective as a bride first, right? Totally. So you know what they're going through um, in that planning process, not just what a bride goes through, but a bride planning their own wedding and decor and all that stuff, yeah. all the details. So I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, my intern just got married two weeks ago and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shadea. So she, she was telling me kind of like how that gave her a really interesting perspective now having been the client and having a day of coordinator that she worked with and how she was kind of, kind of reevaluate, like, listen, these little things that seem like nothing that were really important to her right now, she understands these are important things to our clients you know, that little table with a couple of things that are really meaningful for you. Let's make sure that gets set up and things yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. And I think there's there's a little bit of that perspective that goes both ways, right? The things that are really important to you as the client, um, but then the things that you as the planner know that in five years are not going to matter as much. So sure. coming from both both sides, I think it's it's important to have the perspectives that you do. So yes, definitely. So what, what are the types of planning? I know these answers, but our people don't. What are the types of planning that you do? Like day of, month of, like, what do you, how do you categorize that for yourself? Yeah. So I kind of have three categories, uh, three packages, if you will, that I offer. So I have what I refer to as like my month of and day of package. I have partial planning and then I offer full service as well. Gotcha. And so why did you decide to do that? What are like the upsides or downsides to to each of those, if you can speak to that? Sure. So, you know, I think it's important to understand that if you want to be someone who wants to serve a broad range of your community, you need to be prepared to offer a broad range of services and prices. Um, And for me, that was really important that I didn't want to just cater to one group. I wanted to be a planner who's available to a lot of different clients. And so that's why I kind of came up with those three packages. They vary in price pretty dramatically. Um, And they also vary in service level. So, you know, with my month of and day of, those are great for those clients who are super DIY, really hands-on, have done a lot of the work already but maybe they're still struggling to book a couple of vendors and they want some referrals from someone like me who, you know, has knowledge about who's great, who you should avoid. Um, and you know, they just need kind of help with the, the timing of things coming up with a timeline. They want someone to help them practice their ceremony for rehearsal. And then someone there to just handle the questions and make sure that things are running smoothly the day of. So, you know, that's a great package for that client who's just, you know, just needs a little bit of help, someone to kind of take the reins at the end. My partial planning package um, is substantially more support. So more time, more energy from me. I help with budgeting. I um, actually liaise with all of your vendors and help book them. I help you come up with like a design and overall like aesthetic and source those rentals on the day of the event, I'm there with an assistant and we do all the setup and teardown. So your family and friends don't have to lift a finger. So, you know, there's a difference in that package because there's a lot more of my time and energy going into it. 
Um, it's a great value, I think, for the amount of support you get from a professional. And it's my most popular package because I think a lot of people, you know, have this idea yeah. that they're going to do a lot, but they're working professionals and they realize very quickly that they don't have the time to dedicate to the planning process that they want to. And so they end up hiring someone like me to take over for them. That makes and sense. of course, full service is full service, right? It's everything. It's, um, you know, going wedding dress shopping with you, helping you design your stationery for your invites, um, you know, sourcing every little bit and thing for your wedding, doing all the meetings with all of your vendors. Um, I'm really just holding your hand through the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I love it. And I've seen you, I, I guess maybe I haven't known which of the events that we've done together have been which. Um, yeah. So I, I think the reason I say that is because I think that I've seen your your professional level has been the same mm-hmm. on all of them, right? The right. like last minute coordination that you're doing, you don't give less to your clients. Um, and I, I don't know that that's going to this. I mean, this Zoom isn't really going to help your sales, I don't think. But <laughs> For people, for the vendors that are listening, I think that that's really important that just because it's a different type of client, you need to be giving your full. You need to give. Yeah, I think that's just so important. You know, I think it's so easy for us. I mean, like, okay, so at LaBelle Lake, you know, sometimes we'll get some weddings that are a little less hands-on and it's easy to get into the mindset of like, oh, well, this one's not going to take as much effort. This will be a really easy chill wedding, but it's so important to not fall into that mentality and get complacent. Yeah. You still right. should have the same level of service, the same regardless of. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of in my DNA that I don't do less. Um, yeah. You know, what I try and tell my clients is everything that's outlined on your contract is the bare minimum of what you're going to get out of me, right? That is like transparent. Oh, I love that phrase. That's awesome. That's the bullet points, start. that's the bare minimum. But as a person and as a planner, I want to over deliver to my clients. It's in my best interest to make sure that your event goes yeah. well. My name and face is attached to this, right? People see me at these events, other vendors, other potential clients. So I'm not going to go in there and do a poor job or just kind of phone it in, right? Because there's an audience. And yeah. on top of it, it's my brand. Like I care very deeply about doing an excellent job. And I don't think you can be in this industry if you don't have that drive to want to do an excellent job for your clients. I don't think you should be in this industry. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. And no. I think, I think the best marketing that you can do over anything, over paid marketing, over word of mouth is your job. If you do a good job, that's going to be way better marketing than anything else. So, right. yeah. um, Let's talk about financials. So you don't have to give us specifics, but what does your payment system look like? Like, how do you charge clients? Like, is it percentage, flat fee? Because I know there are different philosophies there. Yeah. So with my month of and day of package, um, it's a flat rate. The only additional charges that come in are for travel and lodging. Say if I'm going to be in Sun Valley, you know, then I charge some travel fees related to that um, because you, it is let me ask you about that do you do you add like a fee on top of like let's say the hotel is two hundred dollars do you add a fee on top of that or how do you how do yeah you do that? so I charge um like a mileage like a travel mileage fee it's a flat rate 
Okay. Um, and that covers, you know, gas, wear and tear on my car, time out of the office, food while I'm out there for a you couple of days. Um, and then the lodging and I'm super transparent with my clients about this. They know upfront, like, Hey, this is the chunk that is for travel. And then this is, you know, here's some prices with hotels, um, Airbnbs, here's the options on price points. And then, you know, I work with them. Like, what is your comfort level? I'm not trying to take a vacation on my client's dime. Right. But I need to be in a place where I feel safe as a female that I'm going to be able to rest easily and that I'm going to be able to be at my best for their event. And they pay, um, usually like I end up booking either a hotel or an Airbnb, they see the receipt and they reimburse me. There's no, like, I'm not trying to inflate the cost in any way. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like to say, I'm I'm not trying to make any money on this part of it. This is like, that's no. And I mean, when you're talking about, especially consider gas prices, last summer got insane. And, you know, I was like having a moment where I was almost feeling like I'm not charging enough to cover how much I'm spending in gas to get to these places. Because also consider that, you know, typically even with a Sun Valley wedding, yeah, I'm charging you a flat rate for travel up there. I probably am meeting you at least a few other times. I often will make a separate trip up there to meet and walk through the venue space with the clients and that's all just coming out of my pocket. So I'm really not trying to make money off of it. I am, I'm trying to not lose too much money there. Right. Um, yeah. So my, oh, go ahead. I, I think it's sometimes a mistake of newer people that are new to the industry that they lose money on those, those types of things, right? If they need to do rentals, if they need travel, if they need yep. lodging, I think sometimes they're like, well, I, I can't ask for that. I can't ask for, for them to pay for that, but that's part of the job. And it's important that, I mean, if they want you to be there, they're going to pay for those things. Sure. Um, and you shouldn't have to go in, in the hole for that. You shouldn't be saying at like a five-star hotel either. No, but. Uh, I think that's so important too. Cause unfortunately I have seen lots of newbies who are like, Oh, well I'm a planner. So i am get to stay at this nice five-star hotel and go on a vacation. And it, it, you know, be honest, just, it's not, yeah, it's not that glamorous. Let me just say that yeah, but yeah. every once in a while I do get surprised. Someone puts me up like at a nice establishment. They're like, Oh, we're already doing a block. We'll just go ahead and put you, you know, at, yeah the Sun Valley Lodge. And I'm like, oh, okay. Let's go. Yeah. They're like, no, it's fine. We want you to be well taken care of. And that's always like, that's a special treat for me, but that doesn't yeah. usually happen. That. Yeah. Um, so, and then just to, I guess, to kind of finish answering your question. So yeah, my, my month of, and then my partial planning, those are a flat rate. And the only additional cost is for travel and lodging. Sure. Um, with my full service, because that tends to be a more nebulous idea of like what I'm going to end up doing for your wedding. Um, it is based on a percentage of your total spend for your wedding. And then I have a minimum. So like, I won't do it for less than this dollar amount, but you know, it's uh, based on a percentage above that. So if your percentage is higher, you're going to pay the percentage price. And if it's lower, you're just paying that minimum price. Gotcha. Which 
I think it makes sense because the bigger yeah. their dreams get, the more work you're going to have to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's, it's not really, <laughs> I end up being the, the circus master for everything. Right. And when things go right, it's wonderful. But when things go wrong, guess who gets blamed. Right. Yeah, and whether or not it's something that's in my control. And when you have more big, fancy, elaborate weddings, there's more room for error. And there's also a lot more expectation and demand on me to provide a certain level of service. And that, and there's nothing wrong with that. For full service, you absolutely should yeah. have those expectations. Yeah. But for me to set a cap on like, oh, it's a flat rate. And then I end up doing way, way more. And you're spending, you know, $150,000, $200,000 on the wedding. Is I end up losing out on that, right? So yeah. that is why I do a percentage there. I love it. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your circus, right? Let's talk <laughs> about the performers in this circus. So, um, you know, what are you, what do you look for in vendors? Let's start with photographers. What do you look for in photographers? So I try and have sort of a range of styles and price points that, of photographers, well, in any vendor list, right. really, because there is no one size fits all for my clients. Yeah. One photographer is going to be a much better fit over someone else, depending on what that client is after. So I try and keep kind of a, a range, a spread, like sure. some people have, you know, kind of a dark moody style to their photos. Some people have a really light and airy style. Um, some people are really good at that sort of journalistic, like, you know, just capturing things as they're happening in the moment. Some people are really good at that editorial style with those like very staged posed photos. Yeah. And so these are questions I ask my clients when I am working with them. Like, what do you respond to? What do you like? And sometimes like if I describe these things, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's good to have like visual aids, like mm -hmm. here's this person's work. And, and right away, usually people have like a strong opinion one way or another, yeah. like, oh, I see what you mean about that light and airy. I love that. Or I see what you mean yeah. about that more editorial style. That's what I want. I want every picture to look like it's in a magazine. Um, and Based on those answers and our overall budget, what we've got uh, to spend on that line item, I'm going to reach out to photographers that fit that bill. Okay. Totally. So yeah. without incriminating anyone, uh, <laughs> is there anything that will put a photographer on your will not recommend list? Yes, definitely. Um, this goes for any vendor. Um, yeah. If you're really horrible at communication and that leads to some big misunderstanding on the event day, yeah. if you do not have a good attitude and you are not a team player, if you cannot be flexible and understand that life happens and sometimes uh, timelines need to shift accordingly, we're not going to work together again. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you do not have an overall good sense of like, I guess like I'm, I'm blanking on the word, but just like a good concept of like how to scale a photo, how to edit a photo. I mean, I've definitely seen some photography that I'm, I'm not impressed with at all. Like the, the way the photo is, 
um, either things are out of focus or, you know, there's just some like glaring issue. I mean, I'm not a professional, but yeah, I but you know when it's good enough when photographers it's good. Yeah. to know like this is a poorly taken photo and yeah. no amount of editing is going to fix these issues. Um, then again, like you're not going to be on my on my list of people I'm going to regularly reach out to. Gotcha. Totally. Um, what about venues? What do you look for in venues? <laughs> She's like, yeah, let's, let's see what you're saying. Let's, let's, hear it. let's yeah. talk about venues. <laughs> um, venues. So I think big for me is how willing are you to let the client have their vision? Hmm. Sometimes venues are very restrictive in how they want certain spaces on their property to be used. And they're not willing to think outside the box on that. And that is instantly a turnoff for me. Yeah. If I'm previewing a space before I'm going to suggest it to a client and there's like this neat area, I'm like, oh, you know, this would be really fun for a cocktail hour, or we'd love to do a little seating vignette over here and maybe do a cigar bar or whatever. And the venue rep is immediately like, oh no, we only allow, we don't use this space or we only allow it for this. That's a turnoff for me. It's again, there's no one size fits all for clients and people literally hire me to help them have a unique and authentic experience to them. And if we can't color outside the lines, then that's probably not going to be a good fit for us. Yeah. Um, I do have a question. So I'm sure it depends on the package that people book with you, but I do know venues are one of like the first vendors, a lot of clients book. Yeah. So do you feel like, I guess more often than not, do your clients already have their venue picked out or are you part of that venue process? A lot of times clients contact me, they already have their date and venue booked. That said, uh, one of the things I offer with my full service planning is to help you scout and pick a venue. And I do do that for people from time to time. So um, I come at it from both ways. And I'll say another thing that I think is frustrating with venues um, that makes me less inclined to suggest them to clients is when they sort of market themselves as very turnkey, but then there's all these little like ticky tack things that you are responsible for at the end of the night. Like you have to haul all the trash or, you know, things like that are like, you have to, they charge you a cleaning fee, but you have to clean. And it's like, I mean, I understand not trashing a place within reason, but, um, that gets under my skin because I'm like, you're charging a premium and you're marketing yourself as this turnkey and you're going to have all this support staff, but you're putting it back on us to do these things. So that's not, that's not really authentic to what you're saying you, you are. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when possible, it is so nice if the client is planning on working with a planner to have them at those tours, because there's a lot of those little things that, the, the planner can help find out about, you know, again, your client's not thinking about like, oh, well, what about the details of all of this? But like you as a professional are very aware of what a lot of venues do and can bring that to light. Yes. It's always really helpful when I can join clients on a venue walkthrough. And every time I do, I end up naturally kind of taking the lead on asking questions. And my clients afterwards are always like, 
wow, you asked so many good questions. We didn't even think of that, but Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it through a different lens, right? They're looking at, can I picture myself standing here in front of this space, getting married? I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, um, what's the parking like? How close can we get to load in stuff? Is there power? Do we have to bring in generators? How flexible is the venue with allowing us to do what we want to do? Are there heavy restrictions? Is there someone on site that can deal with issues if they come up? I'm asking all these questions, right? Right. Well, and I think, I think too, it's so important just to, um, to, to know what you're getting into. Let's say like you have a client who's already booked a venue and then you go in and you know, your client is, let's talk about a real basic one. They're like, oh, I want fireworks. That is what I want. But then you go and you look at the venue contract and it says no fireworks. Yeah. I've been there. I'm so this has happened. Yeah. Not totally with fireworks, but yeah, something that the client is like, you know, this is my dream to have. And I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but you already signed this contract and it says right here. So something that you said was really interesting to me because Basically, basically what you'd said is the client is looking at their experience. They're looking at the end result and what that's going to feel like on the day of. And our job should be to sell that experience. When you're in your sales process, you should be selling that experience for them because that's what they're, that's the level that they're thinking on. Right. We shouldn't be saying like as a DJ, like, okay, well, so I've got evolved 50 speakers and I've got Sennheiser, like they don't care about the process all that much. They don't care about those little details. And so we shouldn't be trying to sell all those little details. Sometimes they'll ask about them, so we should answer it. But really, we should be looking at the process or at the process as our job and their end result as as what we're offering. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the worst thing on this list, DJs. They're the worst so annoying okay but sometimes they can be the worst right let's be real sometimes they are the worst vendor I think of all the vendors that can be problematic I'm sorry to say but DJs are the worst dude they're the loudest they have speakers they can ruin it faster than anyone agree yeah DJs can be real hitter yeah so what do you what do you look for in in a DJ um Again, kind of that blanket answer to begin with of being a team player, being willing to adapt on the fly if um, things are changing in the moment. Um, And then beyond that, someone who who is bringing a level of skill to the job. So someone who goes beyond just having a playlist and hitting a button, um, but someone who is going to actively read the crowd throughout the entire event and play music that is appropriate in the moment, but also that keeps that level of energy, whatever, whatever the clients have said is like their, again, their end goal on how they want their event to feel that the DJ is, is keeping that in mind and maintaining that throughout the event. And then also someone who, again, like is, is, you know, maybe not just hitting play, but are we mixing songs? Are we doing creative things with the music? And then typically your DJ is also your MC for the night. So you want someone who can go beyond just making general announcements, but is going to be charismatic and engage with the crowd and make it 
fun and entertaining and, you know, I really build on those moments rather than being this weird flat voice that's just saying, you know, dinner's ready. Right. <clears throat> Yeah. And not for me, one of my pet peeves is when the DJs make it their show. It's, it's, yeah, it's about the DJ. It's about the client. And that yeah. is something that every vendor needs to keep in their mind at all times. We're all working towards the same goal, right? To have a successful event for our clients. And that can't just be successful as how we define it, but what the client has defined as successful. It's actually yeah. something that I ask every single potential client when I do a consultation is please describe to me in your own words, what a successful wedding day looks like to you. What are your priorities? What do you consider a success? And then conversely, what do you consider a failure? Because sometimes the thing you think they're going to say is totally not what they say. <laughs> and so if their priorities are X, it's like, yeah, we want all these things to go well, but we need to make sure we're really delivering on that thing too. Yeah. That's so cool. I've never thought, yeah. I've never thought of that. That's cool. That's yeah. a good, good That's tactic. Good um, okay. We'll go through these pretty quickly. Videographers, anything in particular to look for or look for them not having? Um, just, I, I think a general level of polish and professionalism, again, you can tell a lot by how someone communicates with you. Um, I've definitely worked with people who really don't care if they're blocking like the parents to get the shot. <laughs> and it's like, I understand you're there to do a job, but also like, you need to understand this is a live event and people have right. waited a long time to see it happen. And you need to be thoughtful about how you're operating in that time in that space. Um, so yeah, I think the, that's kind of a big one. <laughs> a good one. It's good. Yeah. Loris. Loris. Yeah. So, um, for me, I think being able to kind of do two things, being able to deliver something. If someone is like, I want this exact thing and I want it to look just like this. And, but also having the skill to see that and offer a way to elevate it or make it more special, um, more fitting to the clients, but also just more interesting, like who wants to copy everything. Um, yeah. and so I think, yeah, being able to, to do those two things and, and kind of offer an, an upgrade basically on like, yes, I can do that, but like, let's do these other things to add a level of creativity. That's going to make it even more unique to you and not just copying this picture. Yeah. I um, love that because I feel like so many brides just come with Pinterest and they're like, I like this bouquet. Yeah. But like <laughs> if they can personalize it. Yeah. That is. Yeah. And I think, yeah, awesome. just, um, yeah. Having that level of creativity and professionalism to be able to present that as an option and, and then deliver on it. The other thing, which maybe seems like obvious, but I've worked with florists where I don't know where they're sourcing their product, but it's like wilted immediately. Right. Mm. So if they're not bringing in good quality, fresh flowers, or they have selected flowers that we're not a good choice given that we're in full sun at this venue or whatever, then to me, that is someone who hasn't, you know, isn't, isn't being thoughtful in their job. And I probably wouldn't want to work with them again. Yeah. Hair and makeup. Yeah. Hair and makeup. Um, 
I think being able to offer a range of different looks and styles, obviously every vendor is going to have like the thing that's like, they love to do this and they do it really well, but being able to do <clears throat> other looks and styles really well, um, is important because again, no one size fits all for a bride. Um, some people are going to want that heavy duty, like Hollywood glam and somebody's going to want to look really, really natural. Right. And you need to be able to do both. Um, being willing to travel, <laughs> that comes up a lot. Um, and being um, efficient without rushing people. Yeah. So yeah, timelines are, are definitely important. And sometimes we have really big groups and being able to um, get through a large group of people efficiently without making each person that's sitting in your chair feel rushed is definitely important. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, for vendors across the board, you need to be flexible, but especially hair and makeup. I feel like that's a vendor that tends to be very stiff and not flexible and they yeah. need to be a little flexible. Right. Yeah, so. definitely. And what? I, and I think there's like, there's great, there's so many great vendors out there and this category is getting bigger and bigger, especially here yeah. in Boise. We have more and more people, um, offering these services and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What about, uh, catering? Anything in particular you look for in catering? Mm, besides not taking- most, your food better taste good. <laughs> right. And besides not taking two hours to, to serve yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. So yeah, efficiency, again, is important. Um, being, taking the information that I'm giving them about the timeline, about the venue space, about maybe how long it takes to get there about what style of food we're serving and, and the approach in which we're serving it, taking that all into account and being prepared in order to deliver that in a timely manner. Um, I think any caterer worth their salt understands that there's going to be some people that just eat way more food and mm -hmm. not running out of food. Um, I've definitely worked with caterers who have run out of food before we've even gotten through every table. Awful. Never hired them again. And then we're defensive about it. <laughs> Right. Like, you need right. to understand that that like six, four football player over there is going to eat two portions worth of food right. to be ready yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh, what about efficiency? Anything in particular you look for in efficiency? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the trends I'm seeing more is that people are um, not hiring professional efficiency, but instead having like a friend or family member marry them. And I love that because I think that person obviously knows the two people intimately and can offer something more special and personalized. Um, but what I always caution people is, are they comfortable speaking in person? Um, yeah. Are they yeah. charismatic? Are they, or are they going to be really nervous and really stiff? That can really bring down the whole vibe. If yeah. someone is like intensely nervous and just reading from their script, you know? Yep. Yeah. Totally. Agreed. So how do you, how do you choose your clients? We're totally shifting gears now, yeah. but how do you, how do you choose your clients? Yeah. So I do, I require a consultation for all potential clients. There are some people who just reach out and say, you know, ask me a few questions and then say what they want to hire me. And I 
Um, always think that's amusing. So that's definitely you require in person or over Zoom, or how do you? It can be um, in person, over Zoom, over the phone. I work with a fair amount of clients that live out of state. So sometimes meeting in person is not an option. Okay. Um, I do, if we can't meet in person, I do like to meet over Zoom. I think you, you know, body language is important. Um, I, it's as much an interview for me as it is an interview yeah. for them too, because yeah. they think that they're asking me questions and I'm answering and whether or not they're going to hire me, but it's the same way. I, yeah. um, ask some very pointed questions that help me discern if this is going to be the type of client that I want to work with. And the things that I'm looking for are people who understand that we live in the real world and that there are things that are beyond our control. So for example, if we are talking about a venue that is outdoors, but has an indoor space, and I say, what, how would you respond if the day of the wedding, there's a huge thunder and lightning storm, and you're off property and you don't have your phone, and I make the executive decision that we're moving everything inside for everyone's safety and comfort. If they respond like, absolutely not, you can't do anything without checking with me, I would be furious probably not my client, right? It looks, it looks like we were already just, booked on your day. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I <laughs> Suddenly yeah. I'm unavailable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I try and ask questions. I ask things about their personal life, um, what they do for work and what they like to do for fun and how they met. I'm just gathering as much personal information as I can to make, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. kind of a snap judgment on whether I think I'm going to enjoy working with these people for the next six to 12 months, are we going to get along? You know, we've all yeah. had those clients that have taught us the importance of this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't had those clients yet, you, you will. Well, I think, cause I just think that's so important what you said, you know, when you get started, it's so easy to just take anything you can get and be like, Oh, I need experience. I need this. I need that. But really you want good experience, not just anything. And if it's not a good fit, it's not, not going to be a good experience. Yeah. No. And I, I'm sad to say that as, as careful as I try and be, it seems like there's always one set of clients that speaks yeah. by that is not my favorite. Um, yeah. but I'm getting better and better at it with every year. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say like, I I'm thrilled with like almost every single client I have this year. They're just all lovely and amazing. And I am sad. I can't be friends with them after and, and keep talking about wedding stuff. Cause it's so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, but you have with some of your clients, <laughs> like Shadea was one of your, one of your clients daughters or something, your assistant, right? Oh no. You're yeah. thinking of Nicole that was helping me that one oh, day. Yeah, so she's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was the daughter of one of my former clients and she is now like our regular dog. Right, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And then yeah. she's uh, started helping me with some weddings. Yeah. But I, I am friends with some of my former brides and, you know, there's just some people and it's, it's a small percentage, but there's just some people that you really clicked with and you really connect with and you get to know people on a pretty intimate level when they call you and have a, you know, you need to talk them off a ledge because their mother-in-law is like, really driving them insane. Like you, you kind of bond with people over those conversations. And I don't think every client can be that way, but I think it's a sign that you're doing, you're on the right path and you're doing things the way that you should be. Right. If at least some of those clients you're keeping in touch with, because that means you're connecting and not every client can be that way, but I think it's a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, if you had to start your business over again, would you change anything? I think you, you kind of touched on this a few minutes ago. Um, one of the things that I did when I first started my business was I was just so concerned about getting enough traction and getting enough bookings that I said yes to everything. And I learned some pretty painful lessons through that. And, you know, I mean, I think it's important to see those as learning opportunities. Um, but I wish I could have not endured some of those moments for sure. For sure. So, okay. How can people find you if they want to find you or ask you questions or hire you or anything? How, how can they find you? So I have a website, littlebirdeventplanning.com. I am on the knot. Um, there's plenty of venues around the area that have me on their vendor recommendation list. Um, so I'm on Facebook. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm around, I'm on Instagram, littlebird. Yeah. I see. Um, so, you know, I think I've put myself out there as much as possible. And it's interesting because people do find me in, in different ways. I, um, got a booking the other day from a client who had seen a wedding at her venue that I, um, had a post on Instagram about, and she really loved what she saw in those pictures. And that's the reason she reached out to me and ended up booking me. Love it. it. Well, I can, I can attest that, uh, we, we we've worked many events together. I've lost count how many we've, we've worked together, but, um, you do a great job at, at what you do. You have a good balance of friendly and bossy, which I think is <laughs> essential for a planner. I have a friend who used to say, uh, you're nobody until you've been bossed by Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, a way to show that I love you. Right. If I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sassy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm only sassy to people I like kind of thing. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we want to give some rapid fire questions. Okay. So, um, favorite color, purple, favorite wedding song. Okay. I don't have a favorite wedding song. <laughs> um, I mean, just, I'm just going to be totally honest. Like I, yeah. I hear a lot of music, uh, a lot of different style yeah. of events. And I, I don't really have one. I used to really like September by earth, wind and fire, but mm-hmm. it's been played so many times that it's lost its luster for me. Um, so I don't have a, like a favorite or a, or a least favorite on that. Are Um, there any that you just like, can't stand when it comes on or do you just like, it's numb to you now? It's kind of numb. I was thinking (laughs) the other day, I, I, I sort of joke with people that like the soundtrack of my life is like wedding music because I get that totally just hear it. Like sometimes it just songs pop into my head that I don't necessarily like choose to listen to on my own, but they're just stuck in my brain because I just heard it two times over the weekend. And yeah, so no, I don't have a a favorite or least favorite. I in general don't love country music. So I do know that you are a Swifty and you also like Britney Spears. I do. Yeah, that's true. I do like those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have a, a favorite wedding trend? Um, I do, I would say, um, just as like a kind of a small thing. Um, I love that we're seeing more mismatched looks for bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of over everybody wearing the exact same dress and the exact same color and the exact same style. 
Um, I'm loving, yeah, different hemlines, different looks, different patterns. Um, and then I think like as a broader example, I, I kind of like the clients are getting a little more bold in not following wedding traditions that aren't meaningful to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wedding is supposed to be about you and it should be the authentic version of you and doing things just because that's what everybody else does and has done for many, many years. If it's not important or meaningful to you, don't do it. And I love that I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting clients who are younger and more willing to think outside the box and what do they care about? Yep. That's awesome. Great. Um, are you team wedding cake or not wedding cake? Oh, I'm team not wedding cake. <laughs> Again, kind of an old school tradition. A lot of people don't like cake. I personally love cake, but I'm gluten-free, so I can't eat it. Um, but I think it's kind of feeling like an antiquated tradition. And a lot of people, there's so many other like really tasty desserts. And totally. I love that people are exploring those. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely. I personally really like French macarons. I'm just saying. Mm, that's true. Because they're yeah. made with flour. So that's true. Those are good. Well, Sierra, thank you again so much for taking some time out of your, your busy schedule to uh to be on our podcast. We appreciate it. And yeah. uh we'll see you in a few weeks for yeah, for sounds good. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Not you. Yeah, I guess. I will see Chris in a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Top Secret Wedding Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review us, and we'll see you next time.